Do you seek the freedom to pursue greater meaning and purpose in your life? Is there something that you're passionate about that you'd like to support by giving time, talent, or money? Do you seek a level of financial freedom to live an ideal life as you uniquely define it? Welcome to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to helping you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. Welcome to the Money and Meaning Show. My name is Jeff Bernier. I am the president of Tango Financial Advisors here in Alpharetta, Georgia, a suburb in the greater Atlanta area. I'm so excited to share a few minutes with you today as we embark on year three of the Money and Meaning Show. You know, I've written and talked a lot about how I've been blessed with great who luck. Who luck. Meaning, I've had the privilege of meeting and learning from some great people who've influenced me both personally and professionally. One of those is my great friend Kevin Corhorn of the Corhorn Financial Group up in South Bend, Indiana. You know, Kevin is a really big thinker. Uh, he invited me up um, a few years back in the fall of 2017 to be a guest on his weekly radio show, The Wise Money Show. And it was a lot of fun. I was a little apprehensive and nervous about it. Um, but it was, a, it was a really great experience. Of course, that same weekend, the Georgia Bulldogs were visiting the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And, and so we mixed uh, uh, business with a really fun weekend in South Bend. So it was really a, a terrific experience. But at any rate... At the end of our recording, Kevin got really excited about the show that we had produced, and he, he said, man, you're, you're really good at this. Maybe you should do a radio show in Atlanta like we're doing here in, in our area. And while this really, really puffed up my ego, I looked at what was involved in doing a radio show and uh, determined that uh, not only would I need to do a quality product, I would have to finance the show and sell some advertising and essentially came to the conclusion that that was probably not the best use of our gifts or resources. So in that, in that session, um, his engineer, who's also a local radio personality in their area, um, said, man, you ought to just do a podcast. You know, podcasts are great. It's a terrific way to uh, get your message out and share valuable information. And man, everybody's doing it. And, uh, boy, he's not, he's not kidding. Um, everybody is doing it. I, I know since 2017, when we started doing these, um, you know, there are a lot of people doing podcasts these days. I actually saw a cartoon a few, uh, a little while back, there was a character talking to a homeless guy on the street and he turned away and, and walked away from the homeless guy. And his wife says, so what did he want? Was he asking you for money? And, and the guy says, no, he was just trying to get me to listen to his podcast. So, so I guess everybody is doing a podcast this what today. And uh, so I thought that uh, back in 2017, you know, this might be a good way for us to share some things that were important to us that we thought uh, our audience would find a value. And so Kevin and his team have been really, really a great encouragement to me. They provided technical expertise his colleague, Mike Bernard, as you all know, has been my co-host for the last three years. And I am so grateful for Kevin, for Mike, and the entire KFG team that's helped me put on this show for the last three years. So I'm incredibly grateful um, for, for Kevin and his guys. And so here we are, three years and 36 shows later, and we've had a lot of fun and we've learned a lot. 
Uh, we've had some great guests on. We've talked about a broad range of topics related to deeper issues where personal finance and living a life of meaning and purpose intersect. And I, I sure hope you found some of this content of value to you. And of course, as we move forward, we'll continue to bring interesting guests who can help you make wise financial decisions, but also encourage you as you create the clarity and confidence to live a great life, a life of financial freedom, but also to encourage you to live a life of meaning and significance as you uniquely define it. And you know, humans crave meaning. Viktor Frankl probably wrote the most famous book about this back in the 50s, Man's Search for Meaning, um, where he made it uh, pretty convincing that, you know, we are built for meaning. We are built for significance. So what we want to do is help you create the financial margin to get the money questions out of the way so you can pursue your version of a meaningful life. Process saves us from the poverty of our intentions. Process saves us from the poverty of our intentions. Elizabeth King. So did you make New Year's resolutions? Here we are in January. Did you make New Year's resolutions? You know, as we embark on a new year, I'd love to share a few thoughts on goal setting and your practice. You know, when I started in the financial services business back in 1986, the manager I had at the time gave me a series of motivational tapes by a guy named Mike Wicket. I mean, I can still remember this guy's voice. It was so ingrained on me, and I listened to these, these tapes, and it was all about how to set goals and how to train your mind. And I became somewhat interested in professional development at that time, but I really learned a lot about goal setting. I was also introduced to a classic book, Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Maxwell Maltz was a world-renowned plastic surgeon, and um, he found that he could change people's experiences after, you know, uh, terrible automobile accidents where they were disfigured or whatever. But after he did the work, they still felt incomplete or not whole. And so he wanted to start working on the insides as well as the outside. So he wrote this great book about psycho-cybernetics. So since that time, back in eight, the, you know, the early 80s, I've been diligent about goal setting. It's a process I do every, every year. However, I have a challenge sometimes with goal setting, and that is it's easy for me to get so focused on the future that I fail to live in the present. Do you, do you have that problem? I mean, do you get so focused on where you're going that you're not living in the now? You know, it's kind of like getting angry at your child when they interrupt you while you're sitting there reading a book about attentive parenting, <laughs> right? So, I mean, it's easy to get so focused on the future and where we're going and our plans that we get so outcome focused, we fail to enjoy the journey. So what, my question today is what's important now? So the key, I think, is how do we live in this paradox? And there is a paradox. The paradox is this. I believe you should use data, you should use uh, research, you should use evidence, you should look at outcomes when you're determining a course of action. Um, and, and in today's world, that seems kind of countercultural. I mean, a lot of things in today's world is all about how, we f how it makes us feel, whether it gives us a good outcome or not. So I'm clearly about 
using evidence to build tactics and strategies and processes that have proven to be successful over time. But the paradox is this. Once you've chosen a routine or a practice or a tactic, you have to forget about the outcome and focus on the task at hand or, or focus on the person in front of you or the process that you're working on. And so the key for me that I've had to work a lot on is how do I um, do the process but enjoy the work for its own sake? Enjoy the work that you're doing at that particular time. You know, in our firm, we call what we do goal-focused and planning-driven wealth management. So goal-focused. So we're talking about goals. So what does this mean? Well, goal-focused and planning-driven wealth management is really a phrase, a phrase that I design just to be in a sharp contrast to much of the advisory world today, which is very market-focused and performance-driven, things investors have no control over. So it means goal-focused and planning-driven means you build a tactical plan with action steps today that can drive you to your long-term goals. But, in, um, but again, you've, it's got to be driven by things you have control over, not things you don't have control over. And importantly, these plans need to start with values and your dreams and your fears. And then you can translate these. And with firms like ours, an advisor can help you translate these into tangible goals that can be pursued and activities that will move you into the direction of your goals. Another problem I find with goal setting is that goals are useless if plans are not created that will move you in the direction of the goals. So some of the goal, uh, goal setting literature talks a lot about, um, you know, you'll become what you think about. You know, if you, if you focus on certain things, you'll become what you think about. Um, I heard a behavioral psychologist once say, that if that were really true, teenage boys would become teenage girls. Because <laughs> all teenage boys think about are teenage girls. Uh, so it's not just about what you think about. You know, I could, I could have a goal to lose 20 pounds and be physically fit. But if all I do is think about the goal and don't actually change behavior, I won't get the outcome I was, I was hoping for. A few years back, uh, Joshua Metcalf and Jamie Gilbert um, wrote a book called Burn Your Goals. And the whole purpose of the book was really to encourage you to not just set goals, but set activities. Because, again, it's not just about dreaming and looking at your goals and thinking about your goals. You actually have to put the activities in place. So as you decide on what you'd like to accomplish in 2021, this year, focus on setting daily activity goals or weekly activity goals not outcome goals. And this, again, is a big challenge for me. So I'm, I'm working on this every day. So for instance, if your goal is to have a better relationship with your son, your teenage son or your college-age son, maybe set a goal to have a guy's day out four times a month. So that's something you have some control over. A happy outcome will probably be a great relationship with your son. But you focus on the activity, not the outcome. If you're starting to set goals and build a plan for the very first time, many people are unsure on how to start. And I know most of us, or many of us, have read Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It was a, it was a bestseller and is still a popular book today. His habit number two was begin with the end in mind. 
So as you start setting goals, you want to begin with the end in mind. Um, habit number one, by the way, was be proactive. So habit number one was be proactive. Habit number two was begin with the end in mind. So as you set down at the beginning of this year to set goals, begin with the end in mind. There's a lot of different ways to do this. One exercise I think that is popular in personal development circles is to write your ideal obituary or write your ideal uh, eulogy. So what do you want written about you or what do you want said about you at the end of your life? Another great way to do this is an uh, exercise we did in the strategic program, uh, uh, strategic coach program many years ago where you thought about the end of your life. You thought about what you thought would be the end of a, uh, a good life uh, time in terms of your age and the characteristics you would like to have. So how would you like to be at the end of your life physically and spiritually and with relationships and financially? And how would you like to feel about the purpose of your life? And obviously, if you felt financially secure, you had healthy, good relationships, you were still in reasonably good health, uh, all of those characteristics were positive, it's likely you would live longer. So the question was, if you had these extra years, what would you do with them? How would you spend those extra years? And the interesting thing about that question is how you answer that question is a pretty good clue on what you truly value. So again, these are just things you might use to help you think about what are the things that matter most that you can bring forward as you set goals for the next 12 months or three years or five years or so forth. So beginning with the end in mind is about understanding what you value most and how you want to be remembered, then bringing it forward so you can create action plans in the shorter term. You know, we're always uh, encouraged as well to set goals and activities in several categories. No one uh, wants to be unbalanced. So you might set spiritual goals or health goals, relationship goals, personal finance goals, which obviously in my work we spend a lot of time with our clients on, community goals. I mean, there's a number of different areas that you want to set goals in. And for most of us, you know, it probably makes sense to get away for a few hours and brainstorm all the things that you might like to do over a one-year, three-year, five-year, ten-year period, and, of course, these, these lifetime goals. Like I said, I've, I've done this for years, and it can be incredibly motivating. So I normally, I mean, we're, we're you know, this show's a January show, but I normally, you know, do this late in the year, November, December of the previous year. And don't, don't worry too much about putting limits on your dreams, just brainstorm. This is a fun exercise just to get it all out of your head and onto a piece of paper. But once you've done this, you're probably going to have a list of, I don't know, anywhere from 10 to maybe 30 or 40 goals in all different time frames. And that's just fine. These longer-term goals, it's fine to have these longer-term goals. Um, but once you start setting your one-year goals, you might have a number of one-year goals. It would be really important to identify what are the four of, or to six big goals that, if accomplished, would make your year great, as you, as you define great. Because if you have too many goals, uh, you'll lose focus. Peter Drucker says, if you have more than five goals, you have none. So when you look at, your, when you look at what you want to accomplish in 2021, you might have eight to 10 or 15 goals. What are the four or five that are the drivers? 
What are the four or five that if you get those done, a lot of these others will take care of themselves? So here is the important part of all this. What are the daily and weekly activities to be measured? What are the practices that would lead you in the direction of these goals? The quote that I um, read earlier from Elizabeth King, a world-renowned sculptor, process saves us from the poverty of our intentions. So what is our process? What is our 20-mile march? What are those daily activities? Jim Collins has written a number of books in the business world, and one of his major concepts is the 20-mile march. And I want to take this for you and I in what is our 20-mile march. So what are those things that, if done consistently, will lead us in the direction of what matters most? So I'm going to read a short excerpt from, from the book, Great by Choice, and it'll really clarify what I mean by the 20-mile march. So imagine you're, this is from uh, Jim Collins, Great by Choice. Imagine you're standing with your feet in the Pacific Ocean in San Diego, California, looking inward. You're about to embark on a 3,000-mile walk from San Diego to the tip of Maine. On the first day, you march 20 miles, making it out of town. On the second day, you march 20 miles. And again, on the third day, you march 20 miles, heading into the heat of the desert. It's hot, more than 100 degrees, and you want to rest in the cool of your tent. But you don't. You get up and you march 20 miles. You keep the pace 20 miles a day. Then the weather cools, and you're in comfortable conditions with the wind at your back, and you could go much further, but you don't. You hold back, modulating, uh, modulating your effort. You stick with your 20 miles. Then you reach Colorado Howe Mountains. You get hit by snow, wind, temperatures below zero, and all you want to do is stay in your tent. But you get up. You get dressed. You march 20 miles. You keep up the effort. 20 miles, 20 miles, 20 miles. Then you cross the plains, and it's a glorious springtime. You could do 40 or 50 miles in a day, but you don't. You sustain your pace, marching 20 miles. And eventually, you get to Maine. Now imagine another person who starts out with you on the same day in San Diego. He gets all excited about the journey and logs 40 miles in the first day. Exhausted from his gigantic day, he wakes up in a 100-degree temperature. He decides to hang out until the weather cools, thinking, I'll make it up when conditions improve. He maintains this pattern. Big days with good conditions, whining and waiting in his tent on the bad days as he moves across the western United States. Just before the Colorado High Mountains, he gets a spate of great weather, and he goes all out, logging 40 to 50 miles a day to make up for lost ground. But then he hits a huge winter storm and is utterly exhausted. It nearly kills him, and he hunkers down in his tent, waiting for the spring. When spring finally comes, he emerges, weakened, and stumbles off towards Maine. By the time he enters Kansas City, you with your relentless 20-mile march, have already reached the tip of Maine. You win by a hard, huge margin. So the idea, back off of the book now, so the idea is what are your activities that are your 20-mile march? What are those things that you could do consistently? You know, James Clear wrote a really good book a while back called Atomic Habits. And it's called Atomic because you take the smallest possible activity. What is that small activity that, if done consistently, 
can move you into the direction of your goals. So do you have a process? Do you have a routine that works for you? Do you have a success ritual? It doesn't have to be complicated, but for me, again, you know, my early morning uh, routine where I do personal worship, uh, I look at my goals, um, I read some inspiring things. I mean, it's the, uh, I, I meditate. I mean, the first hour of the day for me is critical. But you can have your own. Build your own. What are those things? And then, and then obviously, as you go through your activities, you take a look at these one-year goals, these five big one-year goals, and break them down to these activities that will be the drivers. So the final concept, again, the one that I'm struggling the most with, is this whole idea of being present and enjoying the journey. It's not about the destination. Um, It's doing great things in your daily practice and enjoying the process. So as you embark on making 2021 the best year ever, um, I'll leave you with just one more short um, reading from a book from Marianne Williamson. It's called A Return to Love, and it's just a paragraph from her book that that I'll end with some encouragement here. It says, our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You're a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We're all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we're liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. So thank you for listening today. If you need a quick start or help, there's some great resources out there in how to uh, go through a process to think about what matters most and to whittle these down to meaningful goals. Michael Hyatt, who is a professional, a personal development coach, has a great resource called The Best Year Ever that I've done in the past. You could check it out on uh, Michael Hyatt's website. Uh, so just Google Michael Hyatt and go to the resources tab uh, and, you'll, and you'll find it. And there's, there's many others. So at any rate, thank you again for joining me today on the Money and Meaning Show. I hope you found this discussion helpful uh, next month. Um, I'll have a guest on where we'll be talking about um, investment markets, expected returns. Um, We've been thinking a lot about is the 75-25 portfolio, the new 60-40 portfolio. Uh, So, again, more investment-related topics. I hope you'll join us. You can also check us out in past episodes at tandemgrowth.com forward slash resources. You can also find us on iTunes. Uh, So check us out. Uh, If you like what you hear, please give us a rating and make it a great year. Thank you for listening to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to help you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Jeff or Mike or comments on the show, feel free to reach out to us at moneyandmeaning at tandemgrowth.com. Or you can find us on the web at www.tandemgrowth.com. Jeff Bernier is the President and Chief Investment Officer at Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. This show is a production of Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC. 
All information discussed is general in nature, is provided for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as specific financial, legal, or tax advice. Listeners should consult an attorney or tax professional regarding their specific legal or tax situation. Listeners should not rely on the content of this podcast as the basis for any investment decisions. A professional advisor should be consulted and or independent due diligence should be conducted before implementing anything discussed in this show. While information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, Tandem Growth Financial Advisors LLC does not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Tandem Growth Financial Advisors LLC does not make any representations or warranties as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information prepared by any unaffiliated third party, such as guests on the podcast, and takes no responsibility for the same.